a younger pastor who had not long ago graduated from seminary. Went to the hospital. He was calling on one of his parishioners, an elderly lady, and, and she was struggling. Not many were holding out hope for her. She was having a difficult time breathing. She was connected to a number of medical machinery that would keep her alive. But they could communicate. And there in the hospital, he said to her, can we pray after they had conversed some? And she said, why, yes. And he said, how can we pray? And she said, for me to be healed. And he said, okay. And so he headed off into this prayer and he said, dear God, please help this sister feel better, restore her to health and wholeness, that she might serve you again. But if that is not the case, help her to deal with the circumstances that she faces. <laughs> kind of an awkward moment. And he said, Amen. And all of a sudden, her eyes lit up. She sat up in the bed. She removed the IV and things that were connecting to her, connected to her. She threw her legs over the side of the bed. She leaped out of the bed and skipped down the hall and on the wave nearly knocked him down. She went to the nurse's station and said, look at me. I'm, I'm better. I'm healed. This pastor... He didn't know what to think. He was in shock and, and, and embarrassed in a way. And when he got out to the parking lot, he was getting his car. He looked up to the heavens and said, don't ever do that to me again. <laughs> the Bible says you have not because you ask not. Let us pray together. Lord, we thank you for the promise that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Help that to be true for our lives this day. May the words of, our, the words of my mouth and the reflections of our heart be acceptable unto you. O oh Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, I want us to think about that spiritual discipline of prayer. And if there's anything that I need to do as a pastor, if there's anything really for anyone and what they need to do, it is to learn how to pray. Our desperate need in these days is to link our lives with an all-knowing, wise God who told us to pray. Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. And James tells us, you have not because you ask not. 
We're in the midst of this series entitled, I Am Pittman Park, and we're examining what does it mean to be a faithful follower of Jesus Christ when one is affiliated with this family of believers. And we talked about how it's important to be a student and to be on the learning curve. It's important for us to to have a servant's heart. We want that to be reflected in the life of any member here. That's our goal. Next Sunday, we're going to talk about what does it mean to be a part of Pittman Park. It means to have a generous spirit. But today, I want us to look at the fact that those of us who are part of this community of faith, this body of believers, we're called to be a praying people. James makes it clear that God wants to respond to our prayers. Are any among you suffering? They should pray. Are any cheerful? They should sing songs of praise. Are any of you sick? They should have the elders of the church anoint you with oil and pray for you. And then he sums up this section with the prayer of a righteous person avails much is powerful and effective. And James helps us to understand the nature of prayer and when to pray and how to effectively pray. And there are some things when it comes to our approach to God and communicating, I think we ought to look at in terms of prayer. And one of those is the problem of unoffered prayer. I want you to make a note of that. Unoffered prayer. If you don't make a... A literal note, make a mental note. God wants to bless us. But in our self-sufficiency, we fail to recognize our need to connect with an all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present God. God wants to give us what we need, yet in our pride, in our busyness, in our laziness, well, all of these things stand in the way of our prayers. And what happens is we begin to rely on ourselves and we war against whatever it is we're facing off with. We scheme against it. We, we plan. We have hate in our hearts. We strive trying to do the things that we think we need to do. And yet we fail to recognize that prayer link that connects us to a resource that can sustain us and give us success. It's kind of like the little boy who was trying one day to move a huge stone. And he tried with all of his might, and he would push this stone, and his muscles were beginning to bulge, and he began to perspire, and he was biting his tongue, trying to move that stone. And... His father was watching and said, son, are you using all of your strength? And the little boy said, yes, I'm using all of my strength, everything I have. And the father said, no, you're not. You haven't asked me for help. You know, I think sometimes we move through life and we are very earnest and we put a lot of effort into what we're doing and that's good, but we forget 
that we, in those moments of burdens and weighty problems, we can cry out to a living God that loves us and wants to bless us and wants to enter into the battle with us. Some of you here today are saying, you know, I'm doing everything I know to do. But you're right, Tim, I've overlooked the strength that comes in my relationship with God. Have you linked your life with Him? Could it be that God wants to bless us, but God isn't blessing us because we've not engaged God? We've not offered a request. We've not asked God for that which we want to petition Him for. One woman in our church was being very honest with me. She said, you know, I'm frustrated by many things. And I'm frustrated by things. I'm frustrated by the people that I'm responsible for. And my frustration has led me to the point where I've got to take it back to the altar. I've got to lay it again, all of it, back on the altar. I've got to give it back to God. And this time, I can't take it back. I really believe That it's a tragedy when we experience, when we live out the unoffered prayer. The scripture tells us, pray without ceasing. And Luke 18, 1 says, Jesus spoke a parable and at the end of it he said, and you will be blessed always to pray and not to faint. There is no substitute for prayer Not energy, not enthusiasm, not eloquence, not intellect. And God invites us to engage in prayer. He says, if you will draw nigh to me, if you will draw near to me, I will draw near to you. But it's not just the unoffered prayer. It's the unacceptable prayer. Prayer is unacceptable when there is a wrong motivation. The scripture points to the problem of unacceptable prayer. And sometimes it's when we offer it with a selfish motive. When we maybe use it as artillery in a battle or there is selfish gain. And our motivation becomes selfish to the point, well, God is not going to subsidize our selfishness. And God is not going to underwrite our self-centeredness. I see that to be the case in prosperity theologians, those that you often see on television that say, if you will make this gift of faith, God's going to make you rich. Well, nowhere in the Bible do I find that God wants us to be rich materially, but spiritually. I mean, we talk about giving around here. And we talk about generosity. The blessing is not in becoming rich. I mean, there are layers of blessing when you're willing to give. I'm thankful for the fact that God has taught me, not as a pastor, but as a disciple of Christ, the importance of tithing and giving. Because there are two blessings. One is, I am blessed when I see the work of Christ coming from my hands. When I together partner with you and I see the significant work 
that Christ can do through your generosity. But there is something else. I don't know that God is going to make us rich through giving, but I do believe this, that he'll meet every need if we are faithful to cut that first check to the Lord's work. Delia and I have story after story after story in our own life and in the lives of others where it's true you cannot outgive God. His shovel is always bigger than ours. And the wonderful thing about that is we, there were days where we said, you know, we sure could use this tithe check to do some other things, couldn't we? <laughs> I know none of you have struggled with that, right? And yet, we went ahead and wrote it in faith. And he has surprised us in so many ways by providing more than what we needed. God wants our motivation to be right when we pray. And he says, if you will be faithful... And if your emphasis in prayer is on something greater than yourself ultimately, it's a desirable prayer. And so there's a principle for the undeniable prayer. And so this morning we've talked about the tragedy of unoffered prayer, the prayer that never is made to God, to a God that wants to bless us. And we've talked about the unacceptable prayer, the one that, well, like the Pharisee prayed, Lord, thank you that I am not like the tax collector. And the tax collector prayed, Lord, have mercy on me, not looking at anyone else. Have mercy on me and forgive me. That's an acceptable prayer. But moving beyond the unoffered prayer and the unacceptable prayer, I want to suggest to you that there is something called the undeniable prayer. The undeniable prayer is for the follower of Christ to present that petition before God and God has a hard time saying no. It's when we pray our prayer and we are not denied. It's when we get through to God. It's that prayer when God has a hard time Turning us down. Well, what are the ingredients to that prayer? Well, one is coming with a right heart. I think about uh, our choir and the wonderful job they did with the anthem and how they took the psalm, the words of David, which were inspired by the Holy Spirit, talking about renew a right spirit within me, God. I come with a contrite heart, I come with a broken heart. And I really believe that God hears the prayer. It's an undeniable prayer. God cannot say no to the one who comes and says, Lord, break my heart for the things that breaks yours. And we begin to pray along those lines. And so coming with a right heart will help us to experience an undeniable prayer. The other is this, that we have a legitimate need. Not necessarily a want, but a need. In James, as Tommy read for us, are any among you suffering? They should pray. 
Is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Bring your needs to God. It may not be always as we expect or always what we want. But when we pray, God, I want the very best in a way that glorifies you and in a way that will make me the very best I can be. And so undeniable prayer is where faith expects God to be at work. Archbishop Richard Trench said this, Prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance, but rather it's laying hold of His highest willingness. God is so willing to bless us. And He wants us to come in faith. He wants us to come with legitimate needs. And He wants us to come with the things that break His heart. That is best stated and portrayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. When He said, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. That was a a place and a position of brokenness for Christ. Now, His will may not always unfold in the way we think it should. But His will will happen as we trust in Him. And then finally, the undeniable prayer, the prayer that God will have a hard time saying no to. The God that loves us will answer is the one when we go and say, Lord, help me to be the answer to that prayer. Or at least part of the answer. And so when we pray, Lord, encourage my friend. That's when we say, Lord, help me to encourage my friend. Or when we pray, Lord, feed the hungry. That means we've got to have a willingness to live out that prayer, to be a living prayer, and to help feed those in need. Lord, lead them to you. Draw them near to you. Well, maybe that means that we tell the story of how God used himself to bless us. You see, I think the undeniable prayer really comes down to when we pray that prayer, Lord, your will be done. And help me to be part of the answer. It's the undeniable. He will not deny us. And so there is a principle of persistence and patience and an openness to the Lord when we pray. I'm reminded of the story of where there was a baptism service very similar to this one, but it was for adults. A number of adults were being baptized in a larger church. And the pastor was walking up the stairwell and he ran into a younger woman and she was tearing up. She was emotional. And he thought, this is strange. This has not been a funeral. This has been a baptism service. And so he said, are you okay? And she said, I'm sad because my mother has been baptized. He thought, this is strange, awkward. He said, why are you sad? She said, well, for the first five years, I prayed for her to be baptized. And I thought, is this going to really work? Is it going to make a difference? Are my prayers making a difference? And then she said about year 10, 
She said, I wondered, am I wasting my breath? Year 15, I think I'm just going to give up. But it's been 20 years since I first started praying. And I'm not sad because she was baptized. I'm sad that I almost gave up on prayer. I'm disappointed in myself and my lack of faith in God. Men and women, one of the things we want for this church is that every person will be a faithful follower of Jesus Christ and be persistent in prayer. Think about the great things we could do together if we all prayed in the same direction, if we all continued to have a burden for the lost, if we all continued to want to be expansive with the kingdom of God, if we all had one mission to make disciples and we prayed along those lines, we truly would change the world. And I believe that would be an undeniable prayer. And so we have that promise today. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. But we have a challenge also from James. You have not because you ask not. It's okay to be an asking people before a living God when we ask for the right things. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.